I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Okay, everybody, welcome on into some special Saturday programming right here on 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Alex Keery here. Michelle Bodkin still hanging out, uh, host of the Saturday show, of course, and then Lloyd Cole uh, also sitting in as we're having a party right down here at the Triad Center, just between the Delta Center and uh, the Triad Center. is that big grass area. The Devereaux Mansion, of course, featured in the Dumb and Dumber uh, films. You can also roll through there. Check you, it out if it's haunted or not. You used to the Delta Center yet? You used to say it? Or is it just I, like, it's easy. I never, never no, no. thought about so it. So for a I long time, and again, having not grown up here, but I've lived here for 23 years now, there is a definite thing where even growing up, like, that's the only thing you called it. Yep. Yeah. And we had that moment where when I first started hosting on air and I had to mention it, yeah. and it was Energy Solutions yeah. when we first turned that over. Mouthful. And everyone's like, so what is Energy Solutions anyway? I'm all, let me get the uh, book out on how to explain what it is, like according to what they wanted to say. <laughs> so back to Delta Center. Feels like it feels like, uh, although we got good, we got pretty good at Vivint. We yeah. called it the Viv, the Viv for a while. Yeah. At one point it was like, uh, you need to start saying it correctly. It is the Vivint Smart Home Arena. And I'm like, I'm not saying that. Yeah, nobody <laughs> wants <laughs> give, to say all that. Give me something else. So Delta Center sounds right, feels right. I'm really excited about it. But uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But either I way. I sidetracked you. I sidetracked. He's, what he's I do. done that all day. I've oh, been, I've been sidetracked. No, what I was what I was saying was is that explaining when, where we are. When the yes, when the Delta Center uh, gets the new signage, which it looks like they're already. Do you see scaffolding going up? Yeah, yep, they, yeah. they've they got the ropes they're going up. They're going to that, or they're cleaning. They're windows. working on it, so they're putting. The, they're going to put the new signage up, and it's going to look amazing. It's going to feel nostalgic to yeah. a lot of people. They're going to see that that Delta Triangle on there, and you're going to go. Feels Ooh. right. It feels right, and you know what's kind of crazy is it also feels like. It's like a memorial, right, to Larry H. Miller, where you're right. like, Kinda. dude, this place with that sign on it, like you remember how, how big of a deal it is, and, the, well, and you, you know, that's the building Larry built. So uh, we are parting, though, today. It is a legit barbecue competition, SCA-sponsored, uh, brought to you by the folks 
uh, at Camp Chef. We've got all sorts of sponsors today, Lloyd. You gotta you gotta help me out with all the yep, people who are actually I doing this thing. Do give me just one second. Uh, back while we're getting there. going here, Fat Boys down here that you can come eat. There's the Papa Shot bounce houses for the kids. Um, and oh, face painting going on. Dallin's busting out his face painting kit later. He's gonna start hooking <laughs> some kids up. Uh, but the, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you do not want you your face that, painted Dallin, by Dallin. Right? Dallin's off. Here, uh, have, you gotten the, have you gotten one of those orcs from uh, Lord of the Rings? I'll just go like this, drag my hand all the way down your face. Uh, but the booths that are out here, tons of actual, like, competitive cooking that's really going on. It's an actual, this is a, this is a legit one. Did you see picture that Scotty yeah. put out there? Yeah, I, I no, I did all those ribeye. It must be two hundred ribeye on one yeah, on gosh. one table. Oh man, it looks so. And good. by the way, this is the first time we're doing it, and I can guarantee you already, without having seen any results yet of anything, this is not this is one of many. This is the inaugural KSL yep. barbecue cookoff presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Uh, so if you want to come down, noon to six. So we just fired it up officially. Noon to six, we're going to be uh, hosting you guys. Prizes, Fat Boys. Oh yeah, Casey Scott's spinning over here. By the way, if you hear that music. From uh, KSL 5 Television. So uh, it's a dang party out here. Hanson Scott. That's the only reason my wife's coming down. No, I know. Casey I Scott. Saw, Casey loves Casey Scott. He has the grossest looking mustache right now. I know. Uh, right. He goes, it's the summer of the dirty stash. <laughs> I was like, set, like, if I came home and declared that, 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 that would be an Jessica interesting summer for like, me. Like, so if, do you work with Casey Scott? I'm like, well, I, I, of course. I see Casey Scott. Like, <laughs> and she's like, she's like, well, what's he like? I'm I know like, that's a, that, I, I love I, it. You know what? Come Casey and I. Casey I and I live know. actually pretty close <laughs> together. Casey and I live live pretty close together. So every once in a while, speaking of the dirty, we're stash. at the we're at the. <laughs> there it is. Oh yes. I don't know if it's on your diet. No, no, it, it is. Uh, Casey, Casey, spinning the hits. Listen, is this is this legit DJing here? Or yeah, what's yeah, going? Legit DJing. Come down here, enjoy the party. People are <laughs> handing out some samples, and we've got a ton of stuff to give away. Okay, so summer of the dirty stash. That's uh, that's what it's been declared by Casey Scott, KSL Five Television. He just brought over some wings, uh, but I'm I'm assuming we're going to do some sampling all day long, dude. So okay, let's do it. I love it. Uh, what is Casey like? That's what everybody they go. Imagine the TV persona, yeah. but like off the air. Actually, I don't know how he has more energy. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what it is like. He does. So so there you go. I I can't. He's much I can't more dip colorful. In. I'm so tempted to just start eating on the air. That's so bad. <laughs> And, and, like, we have all of our bosses here, too. Well, you're going to want to be thrown to an interview at some point because you're going to want to oh, try dude. some of this stuff. Good Lord. Yeah, throw it on, oh, the, throw it on the heat. We <laughs> just want to try all of it. Bring on the heat. Love so, now, it. these are, we're getting more wings put on the old plate here. So exciting. Yeah, Michelle said, Michelle said she's trying to lay off the, the chicken these days. You know, she's trying to. I'll eat Michelle's. It's fine. Oh, okay. I'll eat Michelle's. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Because you know we'll people, Michelle, you I don't know how people are feeling about it. about it. People are like, I love that. People always come up and they go, "Can you eat this on your?" I'm like, "This is the place I can eat things." Yes. <laughs> Soda works with this. Okay, I'm gonna start eating all this. Hey, and, and it's if the you're worst. dieting, throw it out for one day. It's okay. Make today your cheat day. Che- yeah. Oh yeah. Are absolutely. You it's Saturday. Sometimes what I do is I take two ice cream sandwiches, put a chicken wing between the two ice cream sandwiches, and that's what you got yourself. That's you. a cheat day. <laughs> That's a legit TD. Oh, we're gonna man. we're gonna all share these. We'll, yeah, share, these. we'll share all these. We'll share them. Thank you. Uh, samples rolling around. You can come grab some waters. The face painting is already up and going. So we're Stone gonna. Stone will we're kill me a, if I get wing sauce all over his headsets. No, it's me. fine. I know. He'll kill me. You take them off yeah. before we start eating. Uh, in terms of stuff that has been going on the last week, and in terms of what is kind of on that list of of importance here locally, does the average jazz fan watch? these NBA playoffs with great interest? Or do they go, when your team is out, I'm done? Because obviously the implications of what's going to be going on on June 23rd for the actual uh, NBA draft 
that's going to be an insane day because you can see there's going to be some movement, not just on the draft picks they make that day, but you have a feeling the worst thing that happened to my house this week is that uh, the rumors of Luka Doncic and the possibility of him coming to Utah, that has hit my son real hard. And he's like, this is my dream. Like, he's excited. <laughs> and I, I'm already trying to prepare him to, like, talk him down. But these are the kind of things. Do you watch the NBA playoffs? Do you watch the offseason or just go, bring, out, bring on what you have and then show me what you got during the summer league and then we'll go from there. See, it's like it's um, – I think leading up to the NBA draft, I think Jazz fans were a little bit more in tune. Now that they know that they – got stuck with the ninth pick, and they landed right where they were supposed to land. I think there was a little bit of a a deflation there, and I think it's it's a mixed bag. You know, jazz fans, they love their jazz, but if they're not in it, sometimes they might tune it out a little bit. Like, it's, you know, when when your team's out, it's like, oh, man, and you're watching. Though I think there is some intrigue because you have a lot of guys that are playing right now that they can root against. Right. Because that, like for me, it becomes things that I can root against, like rooting against LeBron James has become, except Your for thing. when he was going on going against Dylan Brooks. It's now that it's now that he's going on against Denver and 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 Jokic. Like it's I think it's easy to root for Denver and and so I think there's Jazz fans that are able to watch and root against LeBron James. I think it just really depends on are we talking about like strict straight jazz fans or are we talking about well we confuse people, ourselves people that are just NBA fans kind of in general no I think no Utah jazz fans like if a jazz yeah. fan goes as soon as the season was over the playoffs weren't an option I'm out or if they go I'm following all this off season news because like if what you is the expectation today jazz fans would be below fifty percent would everybody well so not, that's the, <laughs> the thing playoffs. so we did a poll on um, yesterday we were talking about how expensive tickets were and things like that right and I think within a couple of hours we already had six seven hundred votes or like an hour we had six seven hundred seven hundred votes on which uh, season tickets you would buy jazz season tickets you can only pick one jazz season tickets uh, NHL. Salt Lake NHL team mm-hmm. season tickets, Salt Lake Major League Baseball season tickets, or your college football team season tickets. Yeah, college football blows everybody out of the water. Interesting. Right? It's still, like, really. still, because and, and like, I know jazz is still a big deal, but football is nipping it at is their heels. King. Football like, it's is big. King. It's big. <laughs> what was that? You You're said? Not to take this. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is he just he just bit into a wing. He's not going to wait. Look at this. What it's, is it? I know. I think it's that a lollipop. I it think does. they call them lollipops. It's like a chicken lollipop. Yeah. You guys are going to have to fight over that one because uh, this paper is. Paper, rock, scissor you. Um, <laughs> We're going to paper, I'll rock, let you, I'll let you have paper, it. Paper, rock, it's wing. Fine. Paper rock, wait, as if we're like, as if we (laughs) (laughs) as Michelle breaks out the chicken wing with her arms. I was actually pretty surprised, though, because it was like of those four college football represented, I think, just over 50 percent. And then it was like jazz at like 30 ish. That's a precipitous drop off. And then, you know, hockey was, I think, single digits. And uh, and I got and then I also and got in trouble for not putting RSL on there, so but many, <laughs> and uh, and Major League Rugby and someone's all, what about the shred, dude? I'm like, okay, listen, we can only limit it. I'm to sorry, these four. I've only got so many choices I could put I know. on right. here right now. I, we call it the Big Four. Twitter only allows like three yes. or four. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there you go. I'm I'm in the camp too. Of that's what I would be. And we also talked about how jaded we can get as fans too. Like right. when we're done, you and I had this conversation yesterday, Lloyd. It was like, there's no such thing as as. I mean, look, we're too close to all of it, and so we have to turn all that off. And so me thinking that I have any idea of what an actual fan, quote-unquote, right. wants, it's really fascinating because I don't. I have no idea. I'm like, well, I know what I want, and I know how I would be looking at 
the Jazz in their offseason. But I have to remember, too, when I was, you know, 17 and a half, was I really dipping in every day on all that minutia of what the Seattle Supersonics were doing? Probably not. But when you come around to the season, I know everything that's going on. Part of the thing is, is does now the expectation get on the table of, because we've said the word superstar too many times, that now we've set up Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge that if they don't get a top five guy or a top eight guy or a top ten guy in the league, that we're going to go, these guys aren't serious. You know what I mean? Like, I think people have a little bit of unreasonable expectation in that sense. Don't they just say. They built up the assets. Yeah. but And that's why I think they've seen these assets start accumulating. And the thing is, I mean, Scotty talked about it with Michelle earlier. Like, there, there's no way the Jazz are going to be bringing in three rookies. Three first-round pick rookies. Like, they're just not going to do it. So they're going to make some moves w- with uh, with their draft picks. What that move's going to be, I don't know. No idea. But they're going to fight. The th- and the thing is, as Scotty mentioned, there is an all-star that is going to be in the top nine. It's up to the Jazz to find that all-star. That is what has to happen. They have to find that all-star. So um, will they Will they do it? That's the pressure. Right. And if right. they don't find it, then, yeah, they're going to take some heat. Uh, I just I, I wonder if because I, I wonder if it's irresponsible for me when I get on the air and I go, what superstar do you want this offseason? And then you get in there and then they go, hey, we got this nice group of role players. And then you're supposed to go, that's really fun. That's cute. That's really fun. Sounds exciting. You know, like so I looking forward to that. I know. I think at some point we do. We get like a little bit angry about how this thing's going to end up going. You know, where we go. I don't I don't think I, your expectations are going to be too much because you go, look how many draft right. picks the Jazz have. Look how many draft picks. 11 until 2029. Wasn't that right? And so now we're going to the point where, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away by, by, one, how much we, in this offseason, we have gotten into things that normally we wouldn't care that much about. Yeah. And I'm trying to take the Jake Scott, like, mode of massively low expectations for everything, just so everything else is great. <laughs> I love that that's the Jake Scott mode. Jake Scott mode is, yeah, they'll be bad. Look. 25 wins maybe next year, probably the year after. And you're like, come on, dude. Like, don't don't say that to people out loud. Because the reality is, is it's, I mean, how many are going to be grumpy? They're going to be grumpy. But the, at the same time, like, I don't I don't know if they're going to be in the playoffs this year. I really don't. Oh, no, I don't. They're, I, they're I, not I, going to. They're not going to. I mean, they were right on the cusp of it this year, of being an eight seed. But, man, can they do that? Can they do that again? Because um, you obviously saw they started like, okay, they started sitting people a little bit, and you saw them somewhat tanking right. a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. they were too good. They were, they were <laughs> too, too good. good, and it was like, you know, and That's they wanted a draft a pick. So there's like, it's, but the thing is, like, I get where Jazz fans want to be. Like they, like, like they need to see something. Something has to happen. No, and sports are different now. Like we, they are very different. They, you know they what we do now? Now you only have, have a certain to. amount of time. I mean, like, I'm Nick Nurse. You're you're gone. Uh, Budenholzer, you're gone. Like you guys are terrible. Like right, we even the front offices are short-sighted. Uh, well, I say short-sighted. They just they have to have a quicker turnaround. Mm-hmm. I mean, Monty Williams being blown out is crazy. Wild. Yeah, that, that what, was what's brilliant. worse, Monty Williams or Budenholzer? Because because Budenholzer was they a two-time a, coach of the year. Yes. They won a, a championship for the first time in 50 years in 2021. And then they go, yeah, but we got knocked out the last. We just went backwards in the playoffs. I'm like, dude. I get it. I get that you didn't have that success. That you like, but you, you got to also get a look. In? Did you deal with injuries? Yeah. There's a lot to look at. I can't imagine I that, so they looked at Monty it. Williams. I mean, Monty Williams, if he has, you know, Chris Paul, you know, Chris Paul doesn't pull, pull a groin. Like, that's a different team. 
are they going to win? Probably. You know, I don't know if they're going to win, but but he dealt with some injuries. And this, I mean, the fact that those guys got 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 canned that quick is is crazy to me. Somebody. <laughs> Somebody just put a picture out on Twitter. It says, so you think you're a real jazz fan? Then who's this? And I think they, oh, I saw they that put up the picture timeline. of the Rafael Araujo, baby. Like, the Brazilian nightmare. Oh, my gosh. Like, how many people How many people remember that dude being on jazz? But, but, you know, there are so many guys who come in and out of, the pro, in and out of the, this franchise. Here's what you do have that you know works. A front office is capable and a head coach that I think is going to be already is kind of world class. I mean, not already, but he's going to be world class by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what you want. It's kind of weird too because imagine this. Imagine this coaching class being out of a job last year. Right. The Jazz would be in that conversation with. You think they wouldn't have snapped up Budenholzer or, or Monty Williams? Right. I mean, my heavens. Yeah. But I think they got really lucky in the sense that the guy that was available last year, who's a brand new coach, is really freaking good. He's really good and. I'm convinced that had had they not grabbed him, he would probably be the Celtics coach. Like he oh. would have gotten a job. He would have gotten yep. a job. And I bet I bet the Celtics are looking at this and they go, maybe it's good if we get knocked out like in five right. by the Heat. <laughs> I can't believe the Heat have a two old series I know, lead. I know. They go, let's go. They're gonna get knocked out in five by the Heat, and then you and then they go, This is actually perfect for us. We'll go, Joe, thank you so much for stepping in this year. We really appreciate it. Now remember when we took the interim tag off? Right. We're going to take it off all the way now. You're definitely not a coach of our team. <laughs> and because they can, they can go, we want, we're going to go in a different direction because we went, feel like we went backwards. They have any excuse now to get rid of these guys. I love it's that. So I love that Eric Spolster is now like, the playing game is the greatest thing ever. Oh, you're coming, like, this is the greatest thing ever. And it's like, of course it's the greatest thing ever because you're about to go to the NBA Finals, my and, man. But it is, and here's why. It it's, is. It's extra basketball Absolutely. that's playoff basketball. You know, this is why the NBA is shopping around ideas again on the All-Star game because it's a garbage setup currently. Uh-huh. The picks were kind of fun for a minute, and it's gone away. So the NBA is already looking into blowing up the, that system because they're trying to figure out how to make it more competitive. But I think we, we, can't, we can't unring that bell. We've gotten it to where it's become just a celebrity fest where the players just kind of go out and high-five each other and throw terrible passes to one another. Lloyd, you and I were watching. We're like, this is awful basketball. And we bounced at halftime. I mean, it had also been the longest weekend of our lives, but there we are. All right, we're at the uh, first annual KSL barbecue cook-off presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. So here's what we have. Did you call it the first annual? He did. I did did the same thing earlier. Inaugural. Sorry, inaugural. Inaugural. (laughs) Inaugural. Presented by Barbecue uh, Pit Stop. So here's what we're going to do. Starting about 30 minutes ago, we fired it up. We got the face paint going on. You have... uh, all sorts of prizes, inflatables, prizes, fat boy ice cream. Enter to win also a patio set, full seven-piece patio set and a smoker, courtesy of the folks at Camp Chef as well, and share it in outdoors. Uh, come down and check it out. We're sampling stuff already. I just need to get us to a break so we can start eating something. All right. <laughs> More to go around the corner. Stay with us. We are at the Triad Center, right between the Delta Center and the KSL offices on that big, giant chunk of grass. Inflatables. Bring the kids down. Come hang out. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. 
I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It is, what do we call this? It's just the inaugural first KSL barbecue cook-off presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Come down to the Triad Center just between the Delta Center. That tracks line splits kind of exactly where we are. You'll see the bounce houses. The Fat Boy ice creams are here. You can get your face painted, play the Papa Shot, but also featuring, uh, you know, dozens of vendors when it pertains to barbecue. This is an actual SCA-sponsored barbecue cook-off you know what that means you can't just roll up and go hey so uh you want to try my brisket though these are guys who they travel around they haul that trailer around all around the country there are thousands of dollars on the line for them you can enter to win prizes for yourself if you come down and hang out at the first ksl barbecue cook-off presented by barbecue pit stop really and, really good event and, and i'll come be on honest down. hans and scotty got the of course they got the best end of the deal they're testing they're, be, they're, judging. Judge, they're, judging they're judging on wings, and those yeah. wings—it's the wings that we just ate, Delicious. and they're phenomenal. Do you know what else they're? they're ho- do you know what else they're ta- test tasting too? So they're the judges for the wings. There's some of the judges for the wings, but they're also judges for the jalapeno poppers. Uh, of oh, course, yeah. <laughs> the jalapeno <laughs> poppers. You better Scotty, walk those jalapeno poppers over here. On the jalapeno yeah. You better walk them over here when you're done. Uh, so, among all the other things that are going on, just the amount of uh, stuff you can learn about how to be a better. Smoker, that sounds weird, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> things you can do to be a better. Yeah, hey, yeah. man. Get past that smoke over What do you there. want to look like? I want to look European. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> Not that type no, of smoke. No, 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 no. Come down, but hang out with us. The Sheridan Home and Patio set that's a seven-piece outdoor dining room set. A beautiful deal. And then the Camp Chef Smoker uh, as well that you can get. It's called the uh, the Woodwind Smoker. So it's top of the line. Valued over 2000 bucks on uh, on winning this set. Have it be your barbecue. Have it be your barbecue haven in the backyard. Let's jump to an interview we did this week. One that has caused quite a stir uh, on both sides because I think it's just funny when people get fired up about. Again, we will get fired up about the weirdest things in the off season yeah. because that's what we have. We had Pete Futok from uh, College Football News on with us, and Pete does a great job. He has covered. Uh, everything across the world of college football. He's, like, involved in all of the goings-on and all the moving around of things. And he mentioned something interesting because I said, what's the league going to look like when Texas and Oklahoma leave? And he had some, like, kind of mind-blowing stuff that got, I think, a lot of BYU fans excited. But first, we were really excited about Dion, Coach Prime, who this week made news because he bought a new car. This is where we're at in sports. 
a giant Ford truck is where we start off our conversation with Pete Futak and what the future of the Big 12 looks like. There's no too much anything for Dion, except including players. I mean, I, I kind of like this thought, this this kind of you know performance art idea of let's just like not have any players on our team outside of like five people, including his kid. Which you know, all right, maybe they're still around. But this will be interesting. I, I am all time. He's my all time one of my all time favorite football players, college and pro. I've, yep. I've got loads of Dion merch. It's a good choice. I mean, he's a, he's a great player. So, yeah, he was just amazing. And, I, and look, this is gonna be fun. Look, it's, it's their schedule's a disaster. <laughs> they don't have any players yet. They've got a nightmare of a schedule. Let's see how fun this whole thing is when they are two and ten. You know, because if you look at what they've got, this is not going to be a f- easy flip. They're going to be more talented. They're going to have a better starting twenty-two. But they're going to run this Kent State last year flash-fast offense with Sean Lewis, which is fun. It keeps defenses on their toes, but it also means you can go three and out in about four seconds. So, like, this is this is going to be interesting. I hope he succeeds. I hope this works. I am a huge fan. It would be amazing for college football if Deion Sanders and Colorado are, are great again. I just don't think that's going to happen this year and it's going to see okay will will everyone be patient that it's going to take a year or three so what what happens when uh shadur is not playing well does he go into his office and talk to himself uh as as a, as a mad parent <laughs> how does that work i i've never understood how they how you could do that uh, how you know you, you coach your your kid in any sport uh, without coming across in, in any way, without like it's all oh well, it's business. He's coached to me when I'm out there. No, he's not. He's his dad. Like it just, it just, it you can't. It just, I, I get it. I get it works. But look, Shadur Sanders is good. You know, he is a great. He's an NFL prospect of a quarterback. So it's not just like oh, it's Dion Kidd. So of course, he, like he's actually a legitimately very, very, very good quarterback. And they've got, again, they're going to have a killer starting 22. But, again, it's a, a patient thing. I, I've you know, told you this, guys, before. I've, I was at Wisconsin when they didn't go to a bowl or an NCAA tournament my entire college existence there. But I was there for the start of the Barry Alvarez era, and I heard it. I heard the, the we are going to win championships around here. None of you are going to be here when we do, but we are going to win championships. And he basically ran off everybody who didn't and they were awful for like a year and then year two they got better and then year three it kicked in so this is not going to be an easy fix uh pete one of the things that i'm really interested in is one july one byu is officially in the big 12 along with ucf and uh, houston and cincinnati and so this is a, a fun era uh, but also, you know, I, I also did some time in Texas. That makes it sound bad. But I, I lived in Texas for a while. And, you know, I know how important Texas and Oklahoma, frankly, are to that conference. What is life going to be like without those two Blue Blood programs in the Big 12 anymore? Sucks. It does. It Like, look, I'm, I'm now going to give you a topic which will, you know, for you in an in off-season day when you're looking for content. That's right now, by is the way. B- <laughs> it, well, that's why I'm on. Wait, wait, wait. Is, BY, is by BYU the biggest program in the conference? I who If it's not them, who is it? Because you have to remember, you know, look at, like, some like the Big Ten. 
you know, you've got the University of Michigan, University of Wisconsin, of Minnesota, of Nebraska, Penn State, Ohio State. I mean, the big giant schools in each state. No offense to BYU or anything like this, but, you know, look, pac has got the University of Utah, University of Colorado, University of Arizona, University of Washington. Like, it, it's something to be said about having the state. And Texas leaving means there goes the University of Texas, University of Oklahoma. So in terms of just national and international interest, who's your who's your anchor tenant at the mall? You know, who who's you know, why is everyone coming to this thing? Is it TCU? No, not really. I mean, Kansas State, no. I mean, Kansas for basketball, sure, but football, eh. Yeah, so so who is it? Oklahoma State? You have to kind of say that BYU is probably the biggest national program in the Big 12 to start. So this whole idea of the Big 12 is going to, like, expand. Oh, we're just going to go get Colorado and Utah and Arizona. Why would those other schools do that? Because they'd all, all of a sudden they'd be the big fish in the pond, which is kind of fun. But that's not really what these other schools are going for at this point. Wow, that's a, a fascinating take. I, we've actually had – some of those discussions about some of the Pac-12 schools possibly going to the Big 12 and 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 all of a sudden being the big dog. I, I mean, I guess you could argue that uh, you go to a conference that's winnable, you you assure yourself a seat at the dance in the expanded college football playoffs. I mean, I guess that would be yep. a, a bonus to it. You know, I I there's an interesting development in the Pac-12, and I, and I'm curious to to get your thought on this because they've talked about these innovative uh, in broadcast enhancements to uh, television games in the Pac-12 where they're miking up players. They're actually doing coach interviews. They're they're having access into uh, – is there is there more to read into this than uh, this is just an innovation? Like if, if you're having these discussions with an ESPN partner or someone, does this an indication that possibly they might be getting to a media rights deal? I think they're close. I mean, first of all, if, if you're trying to turn yourself into the XFL – if you're looking to that for your know, guidance, okay, you know, that, that, yeah, but they, they've got to. But look, I, I don't understand this. I mean, because the Big Twelve deals the deal, and here's the problem. Here's why I don't honestly think that you're, the Big Twelve is going to get any of these Pac-12 schools. At the end of the day, they're not going to offer anything that is that much greater than what the Pac-12 will eventually be able to offer. And then there's the school part of this. And not to school shame or anything, but, you know, University of Texas was by far, by like 100 miles, the best academic institution in the Big 12. Now what is it? You know, go at the, now in the new, in, you know, big, expanded Big 12, you know, BYU's got a lot of the research. In, so is it BYU? Like, like where like Kansas is actually technically kind of it because of the Tier 1 access, uh, designation, I should say, and all the research stuff and, and, and things like that. But, like, if you're in Arizona or a Utah, at the end of the day, I know they, you know, nobody cares about the football side of this. You're still in a conference with Stanford and Cal, you know, so you're still in a conference with some pretty big academic powerhouses, which you can still align yourself to. And there's something to be said for all the all the schools in the Pac-12 are at a certain research level, and a lot of the ones in the Big 12, or some of the ones in the Big 12, aren't. So, like, it's – I don't think that's going to change too much. And then the other thing about this uh, this expansion idea, too, is where are your markets? You know, who's – the Pac-12 
still has, yeah, I know, again, you know, nobody in San Francisco cares about Stanford and Cal football. You still have San Francisco. You still have Seattle. You still have Salt Lake City. You still have Phoenix. You still have some of the biggest markets in the country. I think that the Pac-12, the problem with the Pac-12 media deal side of this is they're just, they could probably get a deal similar to what the Big 12 wants. I think they want a little bit more. And I think TV networks are all a little nervous that, you know, like, hey, Big 10, are you just like playing with us here? You're just going to take Oregon and Washington like four years into our media deal. Uh, so there's still a lot of stuff to work out. At the end of the day, they're probably going to be on Peacock. There's probably going to be some part of this that's on ESPN in some way. I, the Pac-12 will figure this out. Uh, Pete Futak, if you're just joining in, uh, Pete, of course, joins us periodically, and he uh, knows what he's talking about, college football news, and it's just declared BYU's probably the biggest program in the Big 12 once Texas and Oklahoma leaves. Not me. Not the BYU grad. It's a valid argument. No, it's it's a valid argument. It's one that we've asked, and no one has the no one has the the self esteem yet because they're not they haven't been in the conference yet to go. Yeah, BYU's probably a you know the the big name now in there, like legacy wise. But the reality is, is that everybody we've sort of at, made that same point by saying, well, so now who's the team that you really want to take down in that conference? Everybody looks around and goes. It's that it's that meme with Spider Man, right? Everybody's pointing well, at each other, going, "I don't yeah. know, it's these guys." So well, I don't, well, we don't know. About, it's not even about it's not even about history of the school. It's about eyeball. This is a business thing, and this is why it's kind of weird when you see sports writers on Twitter being like, "Well, this doesn't make any sense for this school. They went, you know, five and nineteen over the last year." No, no, no. They their market is the fifth largest market in the country. You know that that's what this is about. There's a reason why the Big Ten got Rutgers and the University of Maryland, and it wasn't because of their football legacy. It's about the media market. And if you're looking at what, again, when I said before, the thing about when you lose Texas and Oklahoma, who are the big deals in each state? Well, all right, fine. So you kind of have Kansas City, but you still have the University of Missouri taking up some of that oxygen. You got, you know, Iowa, but the University of Iowa is the bigger school in that state. And Texas, you have a bunch of schools, but it's still Texas A&M and Texas. I mean, so, again, when it comes to the – on a, a typical Big 12 Saturday without Texas and Oklahoma, even if you have a Texas or a, or a TCU or a Kansas State or someone like that who is the, you know, the top team in the conference, nationally and more to the point internationally for those who care – Again, what school in the Big 12 going forward is going to get a bigger draw than BYU, except maybe UCF because the Orlando market's you know, crazy for UCF now, but probably BYU is probably going to get the most eyeballs. Man. Yeah, it's a – all right, write it down. It's July you – know, or no, it's June 16th, you know, a month-ish from now, and then we go – what are we going to talk about today? Bring up Pete's comments again about BYU. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> That's how we do it in the summer. You, you, speaking of you, <laughs> speaking of UCF, uh, rumblings in the ACC, Florida State, um, uh, some of these other schools, Clemson, you know, not happy about their media rights deals, which they should be. Uh, they have to be just furious that here UCF basically wasn't even in existence uh, I don't know, a couple of decades ago. I mean, I lived in Orlando, and I'm like, where did UCF come from? <laughs> and now it's now it's in the you know, Power 5 conference and I believe has a better media rights deal than these traditional power, powers like Miami and, and Florida State. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot of whining and nothing's going to happen. The ACC is not going to dissolve. They can't just leave, I mean, without paying a massive penalty. 
So they're just kind of whining because they want a better deal. And, you know, for Florida State, well, everyone kind of, they all kind of forget that, you know, they made some money off these other teams going to bowls when they were stinking it up for a few years before Mike Dovrell started to turn this back around. And the crazy part about this whole thing is we're not in the, in the realm of sports, in the whole giant, you know, sphere of American sports, we're not really talking about that much money. We're talking about basically each school a year is getting paid as much as like Jalen Hurts. You know, so I mean, we're, we're, we're not talking like hundreds of millions of dollars a year outside of what these programs can produce on their own. Yeah, you know, we're talking, you know, 50, 60, 80 million dollars a year, which obviously is a lot. To it, but in the world of giant corporations, what these are, that's kind of couch cushion money. So they, they just want more. And this idea of, oh, well, we can't compete with the Alabamas. Yeah, they can. That's fine. They just want to get they want to be a bigger deal. They want a better you know, media ability to do more stuff. And they just want to be seen as a bigger overall deal. I don't think they would necessarily go to the SEC uh, if they were able to get out of this. And if, if, if there was a way to get North Carolina, the Big Ten would have done that uh, like five years ago. But their grant of rights deals that goes to 2036 is ironclad, and no one seems to be able to figure out how to get them out of that. So either you whine now and the ACC says, you know what, you're right, we got to scrap this and come up with something better, or else you have a bunch of really grumpy schools in your conference. Sorry, I'm looking at it and I'm going, you just made that interesting point too, Pete, about uh, these teams, their payout is less than what Jalen Hurst gets, you know, and the, the amount of fighting and, and, and around here, by the way, everybody's waiting for that Pac-12 deal to drop because there's going to be this like pointing and laughing at each other however way it goes because BYU is going to be going, yeah, man, we're going to be getting, uh, you know, $31.3 million. And if, and if Utah is just 31.4 then they're gonna go. Then they're gonna be like, "Yeah, man, we told you." That's how rivalries work, you know. But then, in the reality exactly. is, is these <laughs> these schools are all, as I look at it on the list, Kirk Cousins uh, level of payout <laughs> every year of the average salary. So there you go. Exactly. So you're not talking about these massive and I and I and, and things of I among everything else in the world that I don't know anything about. I can't figure out why, and I've worked on the media side of this thing. I still don't understand why something like, oh, like the Pac-12 network can't sell their own ads and do their own thing. And or you know, I get that you want the money from an ESPN or a Peacock or an Amazon Prime, or you, you want that outside money coming in. But I got to feel like if, you, if you're able to adequately sell your own product, why aren't you the one? who's creating this sort of thing. I, I, I get you want other programming around it, but it just doesn't make sense that in today's day and age of streaming where, you know, no kid knows what a TV commercial is at this point, except for sports, you know, you could, you, if you say, hey, look, next week is, you know, BYU versus Oklahoma State on the Big 12 network. Well, if you make it easily available, where is everybody going to go to watch that game? It's, the two teams are good. They don't care if it's on ESPN or ABC primetime or whatever. Look at the Big Ten, Big 12 network. So the, it, everyone's trying to get really creative at the same time. And also these other conferences are, are sort of being able to keep networks alive because, again, outside of sports, when it comes to programming, you know, I don't know what the, the nightly lineup is on ABC outside of, you know, what you know they tell me on the ads. You know, who watches TV other than, 
you know, the, the Warriors Lakers tonight. So it, it, to me, it doesn't really matter if it's on TNT or ESPN or where it is tonight. You're just going to watch it. Yeah. So I think the Pac-12 is going to get really creative here. It's going to look non-traditional. But to your point, at the end of the day, Utah's probably going to get that 31.4 compared to the 31.3. There you go, Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com. His conversation, those words of him saying, hey, look, you're not just a – you're not just seeing BYU go in there and everybody's like, hey, have fun as a brand-new member. Uh, I had this explained to me, though – or I didn't have it explained to me, but somebody said something I thought was interesting because everybody goes, yeah, that's how big BYU's brand is. As soon as Texas and Oklahoma leave, who's got the legacy and the big brand and the TV reach, you know, like the, the, at BYU? And then a lot of people have got to go, that's actually terrible for your conference then, right? Like you bring somebody new right. in, and they're suddenly the big dog. And uh, I saw somebody, I think, put it out there. When we put it on Twitter, they're all, this is an awesome self-burn. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> sweet self-burn, dude. Like, you know, because Utah and, B- and BYU folks right. went at it for a minute oh, being like, oh. Of course. Oh, man. Yeah, you guys, yo, sure, you're going to be the legacy member of your conference after one year. Sure. You know, like, and I think less about, I think it's less about whether or not they have a legacy member versus a, just a visible program. This is a question we've had from the beginning about the Big 12. Mm-hmm. When they get into it. Who's that team going to be? Who's the team that's going to be at the top? It changes every year. Who's the Who's even a a uh, what, is, what is it called a rival for 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 BYU when you go to the conference? Because every beat writer we've talked to, they're like, "Yeah, this is our rival over here." It's like they're getting picked last a little bit yeah. on the rivals. And what are you going to do? Be a Central Florida rival? I don't freaking think so. It feels to me. It, it feels no like TCU. Yeah. It feels like TCU. There could was be the, easily... the aggression was there yeah, right. for Absolutely. years in the Mountain West, but, but Baylor and them. TCU say. No, it's Baylor and TCU. Well, I mean, think about, though, Utah moving to the Pac-12 and how, you know, that kind of went. Because, obviously, they got paired with Colorado. It's not Colorado. Colorado Would we say it's Colorado, The Rocky Mountain rivalry or whatever? No, I call it the Rocky. Rumble in the Rockies. Rumble in the Rockies. It was the Rocky Mountain... It was the Rocky Mountain Oyster Cup, all right? That's what oh, it was. Oh, I was going to do the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's definitely horrible for it's not Colorado. A rivalry, but they've developed some. I mean, there's I, something I think, brewing with USC, and it's too bad they're leaving because there is yeah, something brewing. I, with I USC. would say there's something with USC. I, you know, figured out and have I think a little bit of a rivalry with right. ASU. Um, that can kind of get a little nasty and testy at times. Uh, Stanford is more of a friendly rivalry, but I think there's some mutual respect there. You know, I, are but in the like, end, when you want a rivalry, like you're going to have to, you're going to have to win. It some, it, you're, they'll, one, you'll they'll figure, figure it, out, it out, and you're going to also because they didn't have a lot of success against TCU when they were back in the in the Mountain West. You're going to have to get some of those. That's yeah. how that rivalry. Yeah, I think, TCU's, I think TCU's five in a row on BYU right, right now, Like four. it was not – and the, like the, like Utah, the games they did get against TCU, they got them one because they got them at home. Right. And they was, those were close, tough, fought yep. games. You go down to Ammon Carter Stadium in Fort Worth. And and TCU during those Gary Patterson years when they were getting their, earning their way into uh, into the right. Big Twelve, they were a force. And then obviously you get to the national championship game last year, and then people look at them. But the Big Twelve, this is the this is where the Big Twelve question marks are. Yeah. Baylor went from winning the thing the year before to being absolutely off the off the map last consistency. year. Right. And TCU goes to the national championship game after the year they had right before that. I mean, you're talking about. Sonny Dykes was there for five minutes, dude. Like, right. You know, and poor Gary Patterson, dude. Do you remember the week of? They were like, oh, how does it feel like to watch your team be able to do that? He's like, you know, I helped build that. You know, he's like all crying. <laughs> and what he's saying is, is I never that got sh- there. That should have yeah. been me. I was so close. And I got 
I got poo canned. I'm out of here, right? And <laughs> it, like in a way that Gary Patterson could be, but yeah, that was it was pretty it was pretty interesting. To see. All right, let's take another break. We're gonna come back. We've got tons going on here. We'll wrap things up uh, for this hour, and then we'll come right back. We are at the very first KSL Barbecue Cookoff presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. A free event to the public. Just come down, and we've got a bunch of stuff going on here. The free popcorn. Uh, wow. Wow. My kids found the free popcorn. It's a freaking <laughs> shock. Wow. Good job, guys. It's you did not it. hidden. You'll find it, too. Trust me. <laughs> you ever see Hotel Transylvania? Great movies for little kids. Yeah. That wolf family that has all the kids, that's us. <laughs> dead tired, just things dead up. tired dad walking around, oh, and then the kids yeah. just like Tasmanian devils all over the place. All right. We'll come back. More to go. 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Welcome back, everybody. It is 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. It is the very first annual KSL Barbecue Cookoff presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Uh, Alex Keery, Lloyd Cole, Michelle Bodkin. In a few minutes, you're going to be able to, uh, I think, Hanson Scotty, you're going to wander over and jump in. I just want to get the vibe as to what exactly happened uh, on, their ta- on their taste test, Michelle. That's what I'm like. I want to know. I want to know. What the best thing, what they're looking for when it comes to, you know, uh, what it, what they like. Because they did the wings. Right, right. And you and, I te- you and I ate some of those wings. Delicious. Phenomenal. So yummy. You forget when people are, you know, pro pro cookers. You know, like that's a, that's a real thing. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, think that, I think that the reality is when you're at these things and these guys are cooking for money, you, I, all the folks who are rolling in and they've got, and they've got, Something for you to sample. This is decades of development. Yeah. In their backyard, at their restaurants. A lot of these people who are at these competitions own their own restaurants. Uh, in Texas and South Carolina, I met a couple from uh, Mississippi. Oh, wow. This is th- These people are coming from everywhere to come do this. And whatever family recipe that was in that back pocket, these guys brought it here to Salt Lake to the Triad Center for this competition. And uh, you can come down, free event, for you to hang out. Uh Bounce houses, face painting, fat boy ice cream, uh, games for the kids, all sorts of stuff. So you can come hang out. We still have another break before technically, right? Before the top. I feel like, Shyler, did we blow through one of these? Do we need to take another one before we go to the uh, before we go to the top of the hour? I mean, we're already past the top of the hour, but we've been late all day. You know why? Because we've t- been talking barbecue. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's the way it's been. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll come back. There are a couple. There are a handful of interviews still from this week. Uh, that we want to be able to have you guys listen to. And Hans and Scotty are going to jump on here in a little bit as well. Uh, so when we come back, we want you to join us downtown here uh, all the way up till 6 o'clock. So we just kind of fired things up. Don't think you're going to miss it if you don't uh, come down now. If you come down, just take tracks if you want. The, mm-hmm. the arena stop puts you right on the front door of this. Uh, and it's free to get in. It's Everything's free here today. So just come down and, uh, and check it out. Casey Scott spinning the tunes over here. Some uh, cover of uh, Garth Brooks's. Uh, Friends in low places. You live long enough, every song's going to be covered. Pretty much. Michelle. Every, everything's going to be a retro song. All right. We'll take the break. We'll come back. And when we do, Hans and Scotty will join us. We'll see what their uh, cooking, uh, judging situation was like. And much more. Stay right here with us. 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. 
I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.